0: Let's begin today's discussion.
1: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones.
0: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I want to give a very warm welcome to today's guest, Zoe Greenblatt. Zoe is the Social Media Manager at Glow, an award-winning digital marketing and social media agency in New York. Zoe graduated from Boston University with a degree in Mass Communication and Media Studies, and she definitely is putting that degree to use with her current field of work. She works on some of the agency's largest clients like HBO, Showtime, VH1, and the social media behind Hot Properties, including Showtime's Kidding and HBO's Divorce. Today, we're going to talk about social community management practices and how Zoe brings the show's voice to life on social media will learn what's worked from Zoe's experience, what could be avoided, and how some brands are missing the mark. Zoe, welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, welcome. Glad to have you here today and super happy to talk all things social. To start, I'd love to get a little bit about your background and what led you to decide social media marketing was what you wanted to dive into and embrace as a career.
1: Absolutely. So I have love social since the first time I touched it. I definitely am an early adapter, so to speak, but um, for as long as I can remember, I've been creating content in some way or shape or another. And um, I think when it really started to pick up was when I was a communications major in college and I was always posting stories uh, at the time, I think it was Snapchat stories, then that evolved to Instagram stories. And it's kind of my favorite thing to do. I was constantly capturing probably to a fault uh, in some cases. But uh, what was so amazing about that was everyone was kind of commenting like, oh my gosh, we absolutely love what you're doing. You're so funny. Ha ha ha. Not to stop Um, And And it was funny because then I saw Glow and I was like, okay, well, Glow is actually marrying what I love to communications and marketing and I can make a career out of this. So it was one of those aha moments where you're like, okay, my entire life, someone told me to do something that I love. And now I had the opportunity to do it. So I I started at Glow as an intern on the social team, and I've been there ever since. I absolutely love it. It's great to be surrounded by people who are as passionate about social as I am, for sure.
0: That's very cool. And did you ever think that you would get into actually managing other people's social media accounts?
1: I didn't. And you know what? There's no better feeling than the first time you're posting to a major brand's account because it's honestly exhilarating. It's one of those things that's like, wait, I'm actually the person posting to this HBO show's account. Uh, yeah. it, it has like a larger than life feeling. It's really pretty incredible.
0: That's very cool. And there's a lot of posting that has to be done by all of these content platforms such that HBO yeah. has and Showtime.
1: There definitely is. There's a, there's a lot of content and that requires a lot of content planning uh, for sure. So you know we have our hands full.
0: (laughs) So for our listeners what is the first thing that you do because you're working on different properties on different networks and they have different voices so how do you determine what the best voice is and uh, what tone you're going to be writing in before you actually start posting? Definitely so
1: before um, any of the posting happens, starting back when we get briefed, uh, the first thing that typically happens with a show, for example, is we're given some briefing materials like scripts, uh, maybe an episode or two, and the topic. So when, when you get to something like uh, a comedy, for example, we dive in headfirst. we get all of the content we could possibly find on that topic. So for example, um, Pen15, the show on Hulu uh, when we got them in the door, we were like, okay, this is nostalgia. This is amazing. This is year 2000 and it's middle school. What is there to know about that time period? There's so much, first of all, um, so many amazing things. And we take that and we dive in, in every regard. Is there a book to read? You know, is there another TV show we can watch? What about this talent? Can we really start to understand and what are the nuances of this audience that we're trying to reach? And from there, what we do is we develop a strategy that's beyond just voice. It's really like our entire creative approach. Mm -hmm. And within that is voice and tone. So we take all of those elements and we say, okay, what about this is going to resonate with who our demo is, where we're trying to reach them, and what the content we're going to be putting out there is. And once we get there, we kind of say, where can we have more fun and how can we differentiate ourselves and really show our added value in this space? And I think with Pen15, for example, something that was really interesting was we abandoned platform best practices and we were able to truly nail that down in a way where, you know, we're using emoticons instead of emojis. It's, it's the stuff like that that gets very granular. That's how we try and identify, you know, a really authentic in, in human voice. Very cool.
0: And what is one of the campaigns that you've worked on? You don't even have to be very specific, but in general terms, mm-hmm. that you think blew it out of the water.
1: Not very specific in general terms,
0: hmm. or uh, you can be just
1: specific. It's up to you completely. I would say so. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I, I worked on America's Next Top Model seasons twenty three and twenty four, uh, and I would say those that absolutely blew out of the water. Be we leaned into our audience. We did a fully interactive campaign. Uh, Our campaign extended to out of home and to other integrated marketing. And I mean, that's what the real win is when your fans are involved, they're loving what you're doing and you're able to take social and what you're doing to the next level.
0: How often are you getting additional content that viewers haven't even seen on screen that you're able to release through social? All
1: the time, but at the same time, not enough. Uh, So we are always getting marketing shoot footage. Uh, we can, we are able to put together requests and we're delivered that, st- that content in advance. Uh, we're delivered exclusive clips and bloopers, which is always amazing and so great. But something that we always kind of, you know, struggle with here is social isn't always given the priority at those marketing shoots. And we are given a situation where, you know, okay, we we wanna capture the most incredible content, which obviously takes time and needs to roll out across many different platforms and be formatted accordingly. And we kind of get the short end of the stick. It's like, if there's time, we're gonna squeeze in social, which is definitely uh, not the ideal scenario. And I think a lot of brands miss out on an opportunity to get the best content in front of their fans on the place where they're looking for it because your super fans are on social and that's where they're going to get the best most and the
0: first content that they can share with their friends. And when you're thinking brands, so a lot of our listeners come from the product world or the service world or tech world versus necessarily the content. We have both as far Mm -hmm. as our listeners go. How do you think a strategy differs when you're working to create the social platform for an entertainment property versus a consumer good or a service?
1: Definitely. So it is different, but it's also the same. Uh, I think in the same space where you have, you have your core values, you have your brand promise. I don't think that changes no matter what you're doing. I think what does end up changing is uh, thinking about how you're reaching that audience and in what way. So for example, uh, we work with Spotify for brands for a period of time, which is the B2B side of Spotify. And when we signed with them, what was super interesting was, you know, they just had a LinkedIn and a Twitter account because that's where they were envisioning themselves reaching B2B marketers. And it's funny because a lot of brands and a lot of people in that space that we're seeing are viewing B2B marketing that way. And at the end of the day, what you always have to realize is, you know, okay, B2B marketers are you and me. I mean, we're marketers and we're on every platform. So what we ended up doing was launching these other platforms and leaning into the the lifestyle aspect of what they're doing as a, as a brand. And the, and like overall, what it is that they're trying to, to get their um, audience signed on and the, your marketers are everywhere. So you want to be everywhere that they are and reach them in a new place because then you're actually breaking a platform best practice, which is always good. And you're going to stand
0: out in their feeds. That sounds like the same argument we make when we're talking with brand managers who say, oh, I'm a B2B brand. I don't need to do product placement in a movie or TV show. And we say, well, the people watching the movie or TV show, they've come home from a long day at work, working on that B2B brand uh, yeah, strategy. they LinkedIn right away. They're, hey. they're probably going somewhere else. You never know. <laughs> yeah. They're putting their feet up. They're watching TV. They're going to the film with their kids, all of that. So everyone at yeah. the end of the day is still a consumer that's being marketed to.
1: Exactly. And and I think in terms of tone and how you approach that, uh, at the end of the day, it's still the best the best way to go about social is to be more human. I think, you know, it would be your fault to, to put something out there that was completely dry at the end of the day. There's 95 million posts that are posted every single day on Instagram, which is crazy. And it's such a saturated market that to stand out. I mean, you want to be that tech company that's doing something different and that's going to stand out in the feed. So Mm -hmm. as much as you can be different, you should. And Honestly, a lot of times that starts with if you're really struggling on a voice, like go to the youngest people in your company, maybe it's the interns and say, you know, we want to try something new here. What do you guys recommend? And while it's not a one person job, it's a great place to start because they live and breathe the ethos of your company.
0: And they're definitely in the weeds and the nuances of social. Definitely. And uh, the communication from someone who is in their early 20s is very different than the communication that's going to be put out by someone in their 40s or 50s.
1: Exactly. And and you, that's another, th- I mean, trust is something that we deal with a lot as an agency because you're getting <laughs> a brand to essentially sign off on and you're the voice of them, which is, it's hard to deal with. And, but the biggest mistake I think people can make is having too many stakeholders in the mix. You really want to make sure that you're trusting the people to do what it is that they're experts in and to do it. Uh, the worst thing you could do is have someone you know who's and in, in the executive suite, come down and say no. It, I think it should be this way. Just because, because a lot of times that just takes away from the entire point
0: of what we're doing. Plus, you end up missing those magic moments like Oreos had with the Super Bowl blackout, where you're looking at things a little bit maybe too seriously.
1: Yeah, it's social. We have to have fun with it.
0: Okay. So what happens, and how do you avoid anything that's risky? So how are you making sure that you're protecting and not going out too far where you would have that executive C-suite level start having their hackles raised and go, oh, my gosh. So how are you crossing that line? Definitely. Um,
1: So it's funny. And we actually really see ourselves as culture consultants at the same time. Uh, We're an extension of the brand's team. And so what we do as an agent, I mean, we have people and uh, the interests and you God only knows, like you name it. But um, uh, we cross check that ourselves. We're absolutely experts. I mean, we're consuming what's going on in the feeds so often and so regularly that you have an idea when a brand really missed the mark and when they didn't. And I would say we're the best judgment of that just because we're consuming it so frequently uh, that there's no better people to test it than us. And also we have like a fun little Slack channel where if anyone's ever even kind of questioning anything (laughs) Uh, we all really would like, dive in and rip it apart, and we can make pretty good decisions on the fly. We've rarely had any issue.
0: That's good. Everyone's yeah. using Slack nowadays. We're using it also. Do y'all like it? I love it. And do you like it just because it's it is on the fly and it's not a you know full email and it's just like a thought, but it's not a text?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I also love like Slack emojis. I mean, it's so fun. It makes work feel a little bit less
0: worky. Okay. More uh, social. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, for, and I I get why you would like that, being a social person. Mm -hmm. Uh, So besides, you know, what we started off saying as far as brand recommendations of how you should approach and, you know, pre-strategize for um, what the layout of what your social is going to look like before you get to the voice and the tone that you're going to develop, what else do brands need to keep in mind?
1: don't want to alienate your audience and I think something that we see sometimes is people trying to do something for everyone and speak to everyone as a brand and as I mentioned earlier in a world in which 92% of brands are tweeting at least once a day it's very very difficult to stand out if that's your approach. Uh, I think it's very crucial now more than ever when discoverability is so key to speak directly to the core audience and not try and tie in every other person that you could potentially be attempting to talk to because you're not going to please everyone. It's impossible. So focus in on that core audience. Um, In addition to that, I think something that marketers should really avoid and think about is you you don't want to treat social the same way you're treating every other marketing Uh, platform that you're doing, a lot of times we are like, okay, this is, this is what we're doing for out of home. Okay, but like, that's out of home. (laughs) There are ways to tie out of home into what we're doing. But um, the tone and the voice, I mean, the most important thing you can do is just be as human as possible. And, and that means, you know, being your the biggest super fan out there, you're talking to super fans, and you have to be the most knowledgeable person on that account to ensure that you're having that authentic
0: relationship and building that trust with
1: your audience. I think you ever had the
0: Game of Thrones account to handle, would have had a lot of nervous energy every time any post was going out because the fandom was so rabid.
1: Yes. Uh, when it gets to shows like that, you it gets stressful. <laughs> uh, it's really funny. Um, how do we I mean it's it's tough being a social manager because a lot of what you deal with is internet super fans basically looking for error and it creates kind of an environment that a makes you better but b I mean there's definitely some anxiety that goes along with posting but there's nothing more rewarding than seeing a comment from a super fan being like whoever runs this account I absolutely love you like can we be best friends which does happen. And that's what really is the best feeling. And that drives us to be that biggest super fan and ensure that there is no room for error.
0: That's awesome. So are you watching every show to make sure that you know, and you're living and you're breathing and have the essence of what is going on on screen?
1: Uh, I would like to say yes, I am. I think collectively as a team, we definitely are, but it is def- it's def—it's challenging to, to mm-hmm. be on top of every single show, especially with the amount of content that's out there. But uh, I'd like to think that the key ones are on our radar.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, you're pretty much just dialed into content 24-7. Yeah. Okay. What else can brands do? Is there anything else for brand managers that you can think of top of mind when they're uh, doing best practices for social? Is there you know, we could go back and dial it back to which are the platforms, which are best, which are how many posts should you be doing a day? Look at really super fundamentals as well. So first and
1: foremost, I, I think we need to abandon the notion of best practices because I think marketers get just like too caught up in it. And it, we don't all want to be doing the same thing because my boss always says this, and it's definitely a quote from someone else, but you're, you're only as good as your competition. If you're going to copy them, you're only as good as them. Uh, So you want to be doing something different to really stand out. But so, and what I mean by that is essentially, you shouldn't all be posting at the same time. We shouldn't just keep uh, images on Instagram to be the highest res possible because you know what? There is a time and a place if it's right for your brand and your show to show a pixelated image and it might work really well and be one of your top performing pieces of content. Uh, But I would say in terms of platforms and where you should be, I think this is something we very interesting, especially right now, because a lot of these platforms have definitely uh, changed a lot and dramatically in the last year. And there's a new one that is actually very appealing, uh, TikTok, which I'm sure you've heard of. Yeah. So a lot of uh, clients now are coming to us and they're saying, you know, should we be on TikTok? How do we get on TikTok? Uh, Stuff like that. And I think what's super important is to think Back in your in that strategizing phase, you know, okay, well, where do we want to be? Because where is our demo? Who is our demo? And how can we communicate to them with the content that we have? Because TikTok is Gen Z. And right now, 42%, I think, of the audience is 18 to 24. So if that's your audience, you should be there. It's young. But when you take a look at a big picture and you're like, okay, well, we don't have an opportunity to really, or the budget necessarily to create content for TikTok, don't waste resources on forcing something for TikTok. Because if you do it wrong at a time like right now where it's so up and coming and thriving, I think you you have, you risk. Honestly, um, a negative sentiment with your brand, and, and that's not worth it, but it is always great if you can if you do have the resources to get on there and start testing things. Brands like Complex are doing a really great job on TikTok right now. Uh, a lot of talent is on there, and it's great, and I think for the right show, it's always thinking in the, or the right brand, do we belong there, and do we have the resources to do it right? Um, so yeah, I think I think that's you have to make sure you're able to do it right because to just do it. Is not a good enough reason.
0: Yeah, I was just reading a really good article in Business Insider Prime this morning that did a whole deep dive into TikTok or it was advertising age. Okay, I can't remember, but look at those two if you want to look. Uh, And it talks about the fact that there's about 30 million users monthly on TikTok right now. And it's in perspective that it's just like a blip of uh, Snapchat. I mean, literally just a tiny little, little, little blip uh, of activity that's going on out there. And it is difficult for brands to figure out how to enter the space, though, and have a strong voice. Uh, One of the options is social influencers, because just like Vine, just like Instagram, you're having a whole new rise of influencers who are taking on the platform and offering some pretty cool and innovative ways to get brands involved.
1: Absolutely. I was, I was also just reading about uh, Guess Jeans as one brand yeah. did a really, really great job um, tapping into TikTok. They did one of their advertising buys for um, a hashtag challenge, which is super, it's the user behavior on TikTok for anyone who doesn't know is, it's very challenge based. There's trending hashtags, people create dances or do some sort of video surrounding this type of, this hashtag so guests did a, I think it was In My Denim uh, challenge. Uh, yep. And Surrounding that hashtag, they essentially owned the home page of TikTok for a day. And, and that entire week, I mean, I think it resulted in 104 million views on their content. It, it was just videos of people and influencers wearing their jeans and creating great content out of it. Uh, and that really moves the mark. That's not like a casual number. But they did it right. They, they leveraged the right people, and they did it in a way that was, made sense for the platform. They tapped into the challenge behavior, and it, and it worked really well.
0: Yeah, and the partnerships and the ads that I think you read the same article as I did start around $150,000, I think, yeah. is what they're publishing right now. So it's a definite premium for the number of eyeballs that you're getting, but mm-hmm. you're getting a super targeted niche audience that's so very, very tuned in.
1: Exactly, which is that. So, if it makes sense for your brand because that's your audience, you should 100% go for it because there's no better place to be right now. But again, I wouldn't waste resources there if you aren't confident that it's necessary.
0: Just so everyone doesn't need to pull out their video cameras and start creating short form content endlessly, endlessly, endlessly. We're no, I mean, I buttons. obviously
1: have. I've been doing that, <laughs> but not everybody. <laughs>
0: Okay. What other platforms do you think are great that people are are going to or that people are going away from?
1: Uh, Super interesting. So uh, Instagram is obviously amazing. It's great. I love it. I spend way too much time on it probably personally. (laughs) I have a limit. So I often turn that limit off from my phone once I reach that time. But uh, I think it's great. And it's a great place for brands to get discovered, I think it's a great place to leverage talent and to really give a different sort of perspective. That's it's, it's really, really strong for brands. But what's interesting, and I, I know everyone's kind of saying, you know, we're shying away from Snapchat these days. I actually love Snapchat still for a very specific reason, which is that when I met with them, they said something that really uh, stood out to me, that they don't, create an algorithm that gets you addicted, because for them, that's not something that they want to do. They don't want to be a brand that was known to really like addict to the consumer and make it so that you couldn't get away from the app. They actually have a larger brand promise. And to me, I mean, that's remarkable. And I love that. And that really hit home. Uh, I don't know if that will scale enough, but it definitely kept me uh, involved. And I still think that their news and stories is great, compelling content, especially for editorial outlets. Um, Then you look at something like Facebook groups, which, you know, that is now a a funny story about that. Um, That was one of those platforms where like all of a sudden Facebook obviously announced that they're changing their algorithm and they wanted brands to switch over to the group to really reach the right audience. So in that moment, we started, we were working on a true crime series for a premium cable network and we launched a Facebook group. Which was great uh, because if you think about it, true crime fans, which was the audience of the show, uh, they go and they seek out the the information. They wanna be in a group having that controlled conversation. So we started this group and we were speaking to them in the way that we speak to a true crime fan, very fact-based, matter of fact. And uh, it wasn't really working. And that's when you hit a point, you're like, well, should we even be there? Like, why are we doing this? And we had this moment where we started to realize, wait, this audience isn't a true crime audience. That's not who we're reaching here for the first time. Uh, Who we're reaching are the locals who are in the town that the series takes place in. And That was a really interesting moment. So when we were able to identify that, we were like, okay, we need to rethink everything that we're doing because speaking to these locals in a way where we're just presenting them all these facts that they know because they were there, isn't going to spark conversation. Uh, So this is an interesting, just in terms of how you change your voice on platforms. What we ended up doing was speaking to them more as like the friend next door and pivoting our entire content strategy to not be clip-based because they weren't interested in that. They were interested in the BTS images and the other information that we could get from the creators because they were extras on the show. They wanted gossip. Exactly. So the second we, we pivoted this conversation, it was like all the, it was one of the most successful Facebook group we've done, uh, or one of them. So it's really interesting, I mean, all of these platforms have something very unique to offer, and it's just about figuring out who it is you're trying to speak to and where it's worth putting your resources, because mm-hmm. you can't do the same thing across all of them, and you, and it takes a lot of trial, trial and error, um, but
0: yeah. Those are all very good points, and it's a cool case study also. Yeah. ever knew you, that you would get into social media for gossip? Right. Whole new career path ahead I of love you. Yeah. yep. <laughs> I'm not complaining. (laughs) What else should people keep in mind? Is there anything else that comes to mind? Um, I think, uh, yeah, I I guess in
1: today's age, a huge aspect of everything that we're doing is culture. Uh, Brands are constantly striving to be a part of culture and tap into culture. And I think it's crucial to do this with. Caution because you don't want to do something that feels extremely markety and alienated an entire audience. Uh, for example, I've heard horror stories about brands trying to tap into pride day. And while there are cases and instances where that works really well, we actually did a really great collaboration with Hulu for difficult people. There are a lot of instances where that doesn't really work because are you, I mean, are you as a brand promoting this initiative 365 days a year? And if you're not, you're going to stand out as just doing this for marketing and it's going to fall flat. And that's again, wasted resources and you're alienating an audience and nobody wants that. So I think the best that you can do as a brand to, you know, hire an outside team, like an agency or uh, up your staff to ensure that it's very diverse. uh, You avoid those types of situations, but um, too often people are very eager, and I think brands specifically to just like jump in and get in on the conversation, uh, and it doesn't always feel just right.
0: Well, I think, and that's a point too, that no matter what your social platform is, you are always going to have a group of people who are naysayers.
1: So yeah. no matter what,
0: you have to know and, and be strong in the fact that Whatever message you put out, someone is going to see the opposite. Always. They're always going to poke holes in it. If you have a sustainability effort and you have the best denim out there and it is not requiring any water to be used to dye those pants anymore, well, you're still using zippers. So all of those things end up poking their heads up and all of a sudden your environmental message is no longer environmental and you just have to stay true. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's super important to keep in
1: mind. Any other thought
0: topics that you'd want to share with our listeners?
1: The most important thing for brands is to be human. And I, I said it earlier and I'll say it again. Uh, investing in a team that is diverse and that can speak effectively to your audience is so crucial and more so now than ever. Back to the point on culture. Uh, to the point on connecting with those super fans, you don't want to just do social to do social because it will fall flat. And the way we actually kind of look at it, and I, it's funny, this ties back to my senior year paper in college was about this too. But, you know, you want to think of staffing for, for shows and for a brand as kind of like a casting job. Uh, because what the person behind the scene is essentially doing is – acting uh, in one way or another yes they need to have some element of knowledge in the space uh, specifically but even more so they have to be able to speak authentically to that audience and even the best actor in in this regard that means the best social media manager cannot speak to every single person it's just impossible so I think really taking a look at those interests I mean we have a bunch of improv comedian enthusiasts here Uh, I'm not one of them, but they're perfect for like a sketch comedy series. And I think leaning into people's interests and ensuring that you have a diverse group and that you're hiring the right people, um, you end up saving yourself so much money in the long run in so many other ways. Uh, It really does pay off.
0: Yeah. And if you want to have a quirky social media feed and you hire someone who's quirky, but you're very staid as a brand, it's not necessarily going to resonate very well to your follower base. If your brand truly needs to be as state as you've made it
1: exactly and you know i'm going to bring up two examples of brands who i think are doing a really good job at creating a voice in an authentic way uh one's a bit unconventional uh but pornhub which is i mean they have a massive social following and they're they're surprisingly doing social so well and what's so interesting is because it's obviously a a tough topic and it's not something that people necessarily want to be associated with but they had, what they did was they took this one um, employee, Aria, and they made her the voice behind the entire platform. And she owns it in this way. She has this like larger-than-life personality, and it actually ties really, really well. And I think where brands sometimes are like, well, we don't really know who we are. Sometimes it's a good idea to tap into one person and be like, okay, we actually see what you're doing on your personal social, and that is who we are. So let's leverage that and use that voice here. In a, in a similar vein, uh, Refinery29 posts their creators and who is posting to their account on their stories. They have a whole bio on all of them. And that just creates a whole other level of authenticity. And you can go there and you can put a face to the brand, which is really, really cool and creates a whole new experience. Um, of course, they're an editorial outlet, but it, it is it definitely, there's, there's a case to be made for actually leaning into the people internally to elevate your brand even more.
0: And for you, for anyone who's listening who might want to have a social media marketing job one day, Mm -hmm. what do you think are the attributes that you have to have? Do you have to be a good writer? Do you have to be able to create video? Do you have to be able to make cool graphics? Like, What is it that you have that creates that whole package? Uh, A very strong writer is absolutely crucial.
1: Uh, Your writing skills are key and uh on top of that i think being able to think very quickly and have a great sense of judgment is also super important because you're interacting with talent a lot of the time Um, a lot of what we do is talent capture to be able to speak to talent on a level um, that's really strong and professional is key uh and a passion for it uh, to know the ins and outs is in a pov is really really huge too I don't think it's absolutely necessary to be able to, you know, do Photoshop it's the back of your hand. Like, I don't think any of that is, is crucial. But to have an eye for content and to know when to capture, what to capture, and have a POV on that is really strong. And if you don't know Photoshop, I still
0: love Canva. I always talk about it. I adore Canva. Have you ever used it? No, I haven't. Okay, you have to. They don't advertise on marketing mistakes and how to avoid them or anything else. I just truly love the platform, and you should check it out because you can create really cool graphics with zero artistic talent or knowledge of Photoshop.
1: That's amazing. Can you say it one more time? What's the Mm -hmm. name?
0: Canvas, C-A-N-V-A. Great. It's really, really cool. It's revolutionary for businesses and agencies. So it's it's worth the plug all in that. I just am telling everyone it's really cool if you haven't used it, check it out. So any other parting words before we say goodbye?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I think just for all brands out there who are getting into social, make sure you're hiring accordingly, you're being as human as possible with your audience and that you're putting the right content in the right place. Uh, Yeah, that's all. Follow us on social at Glow Digital Agency and
0: get in touch. Yeah, if you need a social media campaign, I bet Zoe would be willing to set you up with a call. Absolutely. Perfect. And all of the contact information will be in the show notes on our podcast page as well to reach out to Zoe if you want to get in contact with her. So, Joey, thank you. Really, really appreciate your time and your insights and sharing all things social. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today to marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you on our next podcast.